As a 20-something, I have found that it's easier to talk to 20-somethings about life issues. Yes, I realize that when I talk to fellow 20-somethings, it's like there's a connection. It's like they understand. Like I'm talking and they're able to complete my sentence. Why? Because somehow it feels like we're all joined together by the same experiences, by the stages in our life. And it just makes me feel happy. And if I must even say, it inspires me. Like we win, we win together. We take those L's and we take them together. It's just so beautiful. I mean, you might not understand if you're not a 20-something. But then, you can join us here on 20-somethings Rant every week as we get to talk about these things. I mean, somehow you get to understand us and then you'll be a part of our very big world. So welcome to 20-somethings Rants. Alright guys, um, welcome to a new episode of 20 Something's Rant. On today's episode, actually, right now, I'm very excited to bring to you guys today's episode of 20 Something's Rant for different reasons, but most especially the fact that this is my first man on this podcast. <laughs> Drum roll, someone should ring me the bell already. Yeah, like I'm super excited. Like I've been looking at my episodes and I'm like, ah, women, women, women. You're such a sexist. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I'm excited because he's not a twenty something. He's above twenty something, and so I'm really, really looking forward to us, like you know, you know, taking some of the experiences he has learned over the years and helping us become better as twenty somethings. So, guys, allow me to introduce you to. A filmmaker, actually, he's also my boss, guys. Because we are really excited to have him here, right? You know that. OMG, just lying, guys. guys <laughs> so, guys, allow me to introduce you to Martin's Harrison. Hello, boss. Hello, Jessica. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's good to be here. Great to have you here. Like uh, it's amazing to have you here. Fantastic. So, Let's start this. All right. First, like you know how people say, um, men have it easy. So I'd like to know about mm. your life as a man living in an African family, like the beginning of your childhood. Let's start from there. Because I feel like people say, Oh, men have it easy, they don't have to struggle, they don't have to mm. do all stuff, you know, like mm. basically right now I feel like everyone is empowering the women and leaving out the men. So mm. like why was that for you? Do you think it's fair enough for you as a man? And what do you have to say on that? Yeah, let's start with that. Well, I, I think that everyone can have it easy or hard. I don't think that any sex in particular um, have, e- have it easy. You know, I think that anyone can have it easy depending on um, the people who came before you and what, um, what foundations they've laid for you to leverage on in your journey in life. So re- really, anyone can have it easy. Anyone can have it tough. It's about being a guy or being a being a lady. Doesn't matter. And of course, I'm a feminist, mm-hmm. so um, it's, it's very important to to for me uh, growing up. Um, how my I was I was raised that way. I didn't even know there was a word feminist or whatever feminism until now, because I was raised that way. My my parents had um, or we have three boys and one girl, and we're all educated equally. Everyone. We all went to uni. Um, all my siblings are working now. My sister is also working and earning. And we make equal contributions in the family. So um, 
that's how I was raised. So all my life, I've known to give people, everyone equal opportunity based on their competence, you know. Um, so that's pretty much, you know, how I was raised. And, you know, so I, in my opinion, I don't feel like there's any, um, there's any, I don't think any sex have it easy, really. It just depends on what, what, la- what level of the ladder in society that you are in and how you go about your journey, basically. Mm, okay so it means like well it, feel, it feels like growing up for you was quite like easy no no sorry 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 that mm-hmm. <laughs> not easy but like it was a pretty cool camp family with everybody doing everything like no gender disparity yeah That's- i mean growing up for me was a, is a, is a, was a level playing ground because my mom and dad work really hard my mom is a is a small trader you know so she has a full store shop right um, my dad is a, photo- is a professional photographer. So um, we never ever, till I left my parents' house, I left my parents' house when I was 22 or thereabout. Um, mm. I never ever met my mom on the bed. And as in, I never wake up to her on the bed. Never. It never happened. Not even once. Unless the only time you wake up to my mom on the bed is when you're sick. Or when she's sick, rather. When she's sick. Mm. Not when you are sick, because really, no, no one really cares. <laughs> There'll be other people to look after you. But my yeah. mom, you only meet my mom on the bed only when she's sick. You wake up by 8 a.m. I don't have a, a childhood memory of my mom helping me out with my assignment, packing my bag. I don't, have, I don't have a memory of that because she's always out there working, working. She, comes, she goes out very early in the morning. She comes out late at night when we've all slept. So we were, mm-hmm. we were pretty much close out to my dad. My dad is an, is an entrepreneur, so he's, in, he's much more in control of his time, just like my mom anyways. But my dad's um, office was closer to the house, okay, right? Like... So, yeah, so there was, this, there was shared responsibility. My dad would bait us, you know, take us to school, bring us back from school, attend to us. My mom would just be in the shop and then <laughs> sends what, what they would have to cook, you know? <laughs> That's why, for the first time, all my brothers are good cook because my dad cook all the time and we watch my dad cook. So all of us can cook because... That's how we were raised, including my sister. So there's no... I remember at some point in our house, I used to be the one to wash the plates and mop the floor. So there was no... There was shared responsibility according to what, what you can handle, not because, oh, she's a girl, she has to be the one to cook, she has to be the one to wash, you know. You're a boy, you have to be the one to move things. Now nah, it just depends on your own capacity, pretty much. And I, my parents are not, too, are not overly... My dad is educated, my mom is not. So I, would, I wouldn't say he was... It, it was, um, it was, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was planned. I think it was yeah. just what worked for them. But now we are grown and we, we are making sense of it. So we like, so we think like it was a perfect structure. And that's how I, I'm building my family as it is. Yeah, well done. That's like beautiful. But then you mentioned that you left the house at 22. Why did yeah. you leave your house at 22? I feel like 22, shouldn't you be your father's house? I mean, I'm past 22 and my mom won't let me leave my house. <laughs> Well, I, I think that I mean, first of all, I need to say for a for a lady, um, the typical African uh-huh. for a typical African mentality, it will be hard for you know the, an Afri- an average African mom thinks that once your once daughter leaves the house, she's out of control. She's no longer in your care. You can't manage her. You can't monitor her. You're just letting her go out in the wild. So. You know, if you say you want to leave the house now, your parents probably kick against it, not because they don't want you to flourish, but because they love you 
and they feel the need to protect you from the outside life. That's their own reasoning. But for me, why I left home was because I, mean, I started my career quite early. At, mm. at 18, I was already making my own money. I was already earning for myself. Um, yes, I already, I already had music videos on television. I shot the first um, video for Mohit, for Da Green, um, not Mohit, for The Prince of the Mohit, Omoba. So I already, I already doing stuff at that time. You know, and I sort of believe that your parents would let you be more in control of your life if they see that you are actually making right decisions, right? So because my parents could trust me with the decisions I was making at the time, with my career, with my life, with my education, they felt like, you know, let's leave him. He knows what he's doing, Mm. you know? Most times, our parents don't let you, you know, grab the wheel because you have not proven yourself to be capable of leading yourself. And at that, they feel like they need to step up at all times to protect you. So for me, it was easy because I already knew I was doing my life, what I wanted to achieve. It was tough, but I was just, I was ready to take the steps as, as a young person at the time, you know, and... You know, they just supported me. Okay, let him go. Let him, he knows what he wants to do, you know. And and that was it. But it wasn't a tough decision for me at all. Wow. Like, I'm sitting here and I'm having my mouth open. Like, at 18, you knew what you wanted to do. Like, how did that even happen? Like, how did you figure out this was what you wanted to do? Because I started thinking about self-discovery or what I wanted to do after university. And I was already, like, 20-something. Then it hit on me, like... Mm. Everybody thought I was going to be a teacher because I'm in the education line. But mm. I realized after TP, I didn't want to do it. And I'm like, no, I have to find something else. So it was at that point, it's like, oh, what can I do? What am I going to do? What am I good at? What do I like? What do I have passion for? But you say 18. So do you want to like, take mm. us back to how you got there at that point? And you were already making money because now I'm in our like, hey, what, what was I doing in my life? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, um, I mean, for, it started off as, because I'm... Um, I started up as, as, as a cinematographer. My dad um, is a photographer. So the typical Africa home setting is that everybody would have to, at some point, you know, help, help out with the parents, you know, either at, the, at their business or at whatever work. Even if your dad's a lecturer, at some point they will bring back, you know, Books. exams for you to score. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so that was pretty much how we started. So I started out with, helping out my parents, uh, my dad at his um, photography studio, helping to set up background, take pictures. And of course, it moved from, it moved from, your, from oh, that's a job, to becoming, to becoming an interest that then became a hobby, you know, and then I became passionate about it, you know. And I started to want to know more, like, okay, so why, are these, why do I take pictures? Why do they have to stand still? Why can't they be moving while I'm taking pictures? Because I mean, at the time, there were no speed cameras. So, so you can ask your object to make postures. But then in the course of making one posture, they make one, another posture that you like. But you can't ask them to hold on. You can't ask them to wait because they are, go- they are trying to make an, an actual posture that you told them to. So you miss out on those posture. But now you can tell somebody, just dance, I'll be taking your pictures. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you can pick the ones you like. So it started off like that. I, I just got curious 
you know, I've always been very inquisitive. My dad used to say to me, the first time I heard the word inquisitive, my dad would say, oh, you're very inquisitive. I didn't know what that meant until I became pretty much an adult. So now I know that I've always been very, very inquisitive. I always want to know stuff. I always want to know the meaning behind stuff, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, so I started to try to find more, know more, and then it became an, an, an interest, became a passion. And as I grow older, I decide that, you know, I can make a career out of this and a living, you know, and, and do something great with my life. So that's pretty much how the whole career started. Wow, that's like, that's really beautiful. I mean, this is where you talk about parents' impact, having absolutely you and the fact that you were willing to learn. I mean, some people don't, yes. know, don't even give it an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know. Some people don't even bother strive. Like, yeah. I feel like you were able to get the passion because you actually tried to help and then you realized, oh, yes, this. And then you realize, oh, I can't even do it better. And now mm-hmm. you're like, like your father's thinking themselves, like, well done, well done. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So they always want you to be way ahead of them in life. And that's like really cool. I, I, I always say that when I hear people say, oh, my parents didn't support me, or my parents were not support of my career path or my career choice. Yes, I understand that because at some point, um, in my own family, my parents were against some of my siblings doing certain things. But again, it all boils down to, for me, it all boils down to, and this is not, I'm not, this is not, I'm not generalizing, so your situation might be different. But from my own experience, it, it boils down to the fact that um, they could see that I was passionate about this craft, and they could see that I was making the right decisions about that craft. Instead of me going out to play food. That's why I see now I don't have any habits. There are people who go out to play, who watch football all the time, who either like to party, like to drink. The only thing I like to do is sit on my computer. That's the only thing I like to do. Every other thing is just by the way. If I see football, I watch. If I don't, I, I wouldn't even think about it. Like the whole pandemic now, it's just shut down. I'm not even moved because I'm from my computer, to be honest. You know, so when my mates were out there playing football, doing other things, I would be in the studio reading photography books, you know, um, testing out lenses, playing out. Then, then there, were, there, were, there were no professional laboratories. So then you have to get chemical, get into the dark room, get negative. I don't, I'm not sure you know what that is, but if you Google it, you know what a <laughs> negative is. You get negative, go into the dark room, wash the negative to produce a picture. You know, not now that you take picture, go to the lab and go and print. No, then you have to do everything manually. You know, and my dad had this chemical. You buy it, you mix it, wear glove, you mix it. I learned how to do all these things and I could do them. You know, at the, at 1920, I could do all these things. You know, yeah, so it was easy for them to let me fly because I proven myself to be serious enough to make my own decision. And, and they had no doubts that I was going to be fine on my own. Wow. Like, thank you very much for that. Because I feel like that's a very, like, a very great lesson for us as 20 something. The truth is, when they actually see you serious, and you're taking it serious, and you're probably able to combine it with other things you're doing. I feel like yeah. people say, oh, I want to be this. And then they make other things suffer. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when your parents see, okay, you're not even ba- able to balance all these other things. They don't even know where to, they don't even know if you're going to be serious about it. Exactly. If you're not serious about certain things in life, um, you might also just, after a while, this is your passion and when things don't work out as you want it. 
mm. how you wouldn't fall back on us as parents because at the end mm. of the day, you, exactly that's you, what those, no parent wants that absolutely yeah. no parent wants that amazing so now let's talk about I, I, your career pretty seems interesting and mm. I'll just focus on that for a bit right so you talked about um, doing stuff so how did you get all these connections I mean, they were not your brothers and sisters. So you want to just eat on, okay, we also want to blow. We also want to yeah. have <laughs> <laughs> So, like, how, what did you do? How did you get this connection? Starting out with your, your father. Sorry, are you self-trained? Let me say that question. Did you yeah, train? well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm self-taught, absolutely, fully self-taught. Wow. Never been in the formal class, never learned anything formally. I've, been, I've learned everything I know. On the internet, I'm on internet. Even even two, two days ago, I just got a certification for email marketing on the internet, and I'm in my thirties. I don't even need email. I can hire somebody to do it, but I'm still acquiring knowledge. And you know, regardless, even if I might not necessarily use it, but I have the I have the knowledge. So if an opportunity comes in that line, it's easy for me to keen. It's easy for me to speak, you know, about it. You know, when I'm proposing it. Because I already have a background knowledge about it. Even if I end up, you know, contracting it to a third party to execute, but I'm going to get the, the contract because I already have adequate knowledge in that area. So you, the, the learning never stops, really, you know, for me. And I think that is a habit. When, you, when you're a self-taught person, you know, no one is coming to save you, no one's coming to teach you. So you have to figure it out yourself. And, um, and, you know, like, like a rubber band, that's how the brain is. The brain is elastic. The bra- the, 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 you, you cannot exhaust the, the length and breadth to which your brain can expand to. So the more you learn, the more you are, you know, you are um, motivated to keep learning. And the more knowledge you acquire, the more you realize you don't know much. Because the more you source for knowledge, the more you realize, oh, my God, I actually don't know. I actually don't know. I actually don't know as much as I thought I knew. And then you keep to you keep learning and you keep expanding your knowledge. So for, you know, for me, as a self-taught person, it was one skill or one habit that I built unconsciously. Because as I started to learn, I became very inquisitive, wanted to know more. I started to learn, and then now it became a habit that I can't go a week without learning something new. It's impossible. Wow, like that's so beautiful to hear. Like. I'm inspired by it. In fact, now I'm going to look for online courses to take. I mean, come <laughs> out of it. Hey, I haven't taken any courses. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so inspired after listening to that. So now let's go back right. to the questions. So now you right. your skills, your learning as you go. How did you make the mm. connections that help you get where you are right now? Because I know you're here okay. and we know that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, it, it started off. It starts off basically with, um, I mean, recognizing opportunity. Now, I'm, I'm sounding very, um, very structured because now all decisions I made in the past, when I look back at it now, it looks like oh, um, it looks like um, it looks very structured. So now it makes sense by taking those decisions. I didn't think about them as opportunities. I just thought about them. I just wanted to learn. So it started off as, you know, I was, I, my dad took me to Daystar, you know, Daystar Christian Center. At the time I, I joined Daystar, I was already a cameraman, of course, from my dad's studio. And um, so when I joined, I, I, 
I had already started to question why can't I have people move in my pictures? Why would, are they all just static? Because my dad was doing photograph, which is, you know, taking images. So when I came to this at the first time, I saw people moving with cameras, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, intre- that just got my interest. So I went back to my dad's studio and I started to, my dad had there's this book, right? Um, so I started to read up about it. Then my uncle, who is late now, God bless his memory, um, I remember owns a studio in the Keja um, that was into videography. So because, of, because I saw that camera in church and I already seen that kind of camera with my uncle, it made sense to me, okay, maybe it's what he's also using. Because at the time, I didn't think about it, like that's what he does, like in such a light. So mm-hmm. I, I spoke to my mom, who was the, my, who was the elder sister to my uncle, who then took me to his studio and I started to um, train there at the time. You know, but I just started to follow them, just see what they're doing. So I go there from time to time, you know, and I, I, done, I took, in, took interest in it, joined my, my service unit in church, you know, as a camera person, no, as an editor, actually, because I was already an editor before I joined the unit. So when I came on board as an editor, they didn't have an editor at the time, or they had, but the guy was leaving the country. Okay, so someone had to step into the space. And then I remember it was a Caro service that was going to be broadcasted live um, globally. So I said to them, I'm, I'm an editor. But I had never used that editing software before. Never seen it before in my life, you know. But I just said to them, I'm an editor. And because the guy was leaving for the UK, someone needed to do the work. And my pastors were there. And everyone was like, you know, just kind of mid-panic. So I said, okay, well, I can do it. So I just looked at the software. For some weird reason, I figured it out. <laughs> and I started to use it on that same day. Oh. Okay. You know, cut and join, cut and join, rough, rough. Just do it anyhow. <laughs> I was able to produce the broadcast for that day. And wow. then, all glory be to God, the stuff went out. <laughs> you know. But then in that unit, there were people who were so talented. You know, there was um, the head of the unit that was major. He was a great designer. There was Benga Salu, who is my mentor. Um, he's a filmmaker and stuff. So we met at that unit. So the first, so I saw him doing some stuff. And that got, of course, I'm very inquisitive. So that got me very curious. Like, hey, bro, how are you doing this thing? You know, it was in the same software that I use, but he was doing way advanced stuff. And he said to me, you know, you can edit, I'll be, I said, yes. He's like, okay, come. He's like, you'll be useful. And that was <laughs> how we became friends. Um, and then I started to watch him work. He started to teach me a few things, you know. So, and then he would, Benga is a self-taught cinema to, um, a visual effect artist as well. So he would say to me, go and learn this thing. Go online, go and learn yourself. So... That's where we connected, we became friends. He already worked with agencies at the time, so he has built relationships, and people already trust his skills, so they were giving him opportunities to do work, and he was also passing some of these jobs to me, and some of the jobs we collaborate to do. So I was learning in the process, also building my portfolio, because, of course, from, from leveraging on his own expertise and his own relationship, I was also building my own portfolio. So these days, when I hear young people say, oh, is it a paid internship? I'm thinking, paid internship, what does that even mean? <laughs> you are, you are, you're, not, you're not bringing anything to the table. You are coming to take, because take it or leave it, every project that you are part of is in your portfolio. 
and yeah. we you can with your portfolio you can seek better opportunities and get better jobs because all of the jobs that I got from there on were as a result of the fact that I had worked with somebody who was who's already established so so basically we, we, with that I I always felt like when you're interning is an opportunity for you to acquire new skills and also build a portfolio which will um, eventually become you know like your showreel to get better jobs like for in media space for instance nobody cares about what you studied in uni or nobody cares about how many countries you've been to people only care about your showreel they want to see what you've done how are you able to execute do you will you understand the brief if it's given to you so when you work um when you intern it gives you an opportunity to be a part of a large project you know and you understand how every moving part works, you know, and also gives you an opportunity to also put big projects on your portfolio. For instance, I have on my, on my portfolio, I have I've worked with, with MTN and all of these multinationals. I haven't worked with them directly, but because I've worked with either an ad agency or I worked with my mentor at the time, mm-hmm. I can put those works on my showreel because I was part of it, because I did, I played a role. I did a part, maybe I did some graphics or I, or I shot it as a cinematographer. So all of that were um, sh- um, um, f- videos I eventually made up my showreel and now that I can put forward anywhere in the world and be able to get opportunities to deliver. Wow, thank you so much. I have learned a lot. Um, so I'll just highlight a bit. First, 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 you always have to put yourself out there because we really uh, talked about the fact that you took up an opportunity when you saw one. You were in yep. like shyness sometimes. <laughs> You're shy to make mistakes. Mm. You're shy to make mistakes. Also, the fact that you were willing to ask somebody who was higher than you or in a more in a better position than you to teach and learn from. Also, right. internet. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Like, Hey, God, I'm so happy that we've been able to take this much from your experience. <laughs> then, yeah. And I feel like I have so many more questions to ask, but then this right. one, I could talk to you forever and I sincerely will not get that <laughs> to you. <laughs> so at this point, I'll just ask him, so what advice would you give to youngers like myself who are probably just starting out in their careers, um, like from your pool of knowledge, just share key things you think would help? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, uh, it's a lot, but <laughs> I'll say truly there's, I mean, it's a process, you know, for instance, I'm, I'm 31 now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 31 now and I'll be, I'll be 32 next month. Oh my God, I'm so old. Oh my so, God, where are we going to? <laughs> the lockdown is down. <laughs> but, you know, I can think of, I can make sense of my life because the, the place where I am right now is as a result of all the decisions I've made, you know, from my, from my 20s or even from my teens. And, and I started off the journey quite early enough to have failed many times. Right? Mm-hmm. So I started off early enough to have failed many times to now be able to figure out what works for me and stay there while I continue to, you know, grow. So I, for a young person, it's, it's, the key thing is start early. I cannot, I cannot 
overemphasize that. Start early. Start early. Start now. Start today. And start your failing. Because there's no shortcut. You have to fail. It's a must. That's how, the, that's the principle of growth. That's why a child will have to crawl and then fall a couple of times to walk. But the child don't be like, oh my God, I'm not going to walk anymore because I fell. <laughs> no, you are going to fall. That is part of the process. If a child just get up from, from the mother's arm and start running, you know that that child is, 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 is designed for disaster. <laughs> you know, you are going to have to crawl. You are, going, you are going to have to fall. You are going to have to make mistakes. You will eat yourself up, you know, with minor regrets, but you will succeed eventually. That is a fact. So long as you start early and you, and you, you, you continue to take up your struggle, you know, okay, well, you know that is a phase. Because, you know, one thing I realized is... Now, I look back on my life. Then, I used to be like, oh, my God. I used to tell my wife now. I used to be like, um, oh, man, I, I just hate being poor. You know, I'm tired of you know, being poor. I'm struggling and everything. But now, I look back 10 years, 20 years ago, I'm, uh, 10 years ago, and I'm thinking, no, it wasn't like I was poor at the time. I was just planting at the time. Mm-hmm. And planting requires that you dig that you acquire your physical presence, mental, physical exhaustion. You would dig, you will put the seed, you will cover, you will water, and you will have to wait. So there's a planting season, there is a waiting season, there is a growing season, and there's a harvesting season. So, so when you're struggling at that time, you are not struggling, you're just planting. And you're doing... That struggle, what we call struggle, is you are doing the job. Mm. You cannot see your, your, if your mechanic is under your car or fixing your gen and is getting dirty, is rolling the bottle, the bolts. You be like, you can't see the guy is struggling. You be like, the guy is working, he's hardworking, mm. he's doing his job. So while you are broke, while you don't have it figured out, while it looks like the product is not going to make sense, nobody's listening to you, nobody's trying to invest in you, nobody's buying your idea. Nobody will buy your idea because nobody's seeing what you see. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a Christian, the Bible says that for Christ, seeing the glory that was ahead of him, endured the cross, right? Mm-hmm. But don't forget, everybody around Christ tried to stop him from going to the cross. Mm-hmm. Everybody tried to stop him. Peter was there with his knife, cutting off the ear of the soldier. Everybody around him didn't, were trying to protect him from going to, but he, seeing the glory that was ahead, decide don't just listen no 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 you guys your love and care is going to stop me from going because i can see the glory ahead so no one can see your bigger picture only you and you have to allow them you have to, you have to cut them some slack because you cannot expect me to follow you on a journey that i cannot see yeah so let them they without you that is fine don't hate on them don't be like oh don't worry when i make my success speech i will add you in there because <laughs> you, you didn't believe in me I will not believe in you because I cannot see what you see. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. So now that I look back and the people who doubted me, who didn't support me, I just, I just love them because I'm like, it's not your fault because you cannot see what I see. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So you start early, go through the pain, go through the stress, fail, 
But once you start to walk, trust me, because you have gone through the journey, because you've, you know what failing looks like, because you know what you did that failed and what you did that worked, you will never, ever fail. That's a fact. You will struggle with every new phase, but you will not fail. Hmm. Oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm nodding my head like, oh, my God, can he continue? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so amazing! Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Done so much amazing stuff. Like anybody who doesn't listen to this, definitely missing out because it's so valuable in this. Wow, I'm so happy to help. (laughs) Thank you very much, um, guys. You're welcome. Again, he's a filmmaker, a media personality, a media entrepreneur, a media preneur. I think that's what they call them. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, that's why I heard you know <laughs> nobody sent me the memo <laughs> so yeah if you want to reach out to him talk to him more he's I hope that's allowed right yeah yeah of course yeah so he... on on social media yeah I'm active on, on Instagram and Twitter yeah so, so you he... can follow me yeah he is Martins Harrison yes I, I give you permission to follow him <laughs> on, on Twitter it is I am Martins oh on, on Insta- Twitter I am Martins Martins. Yeah, Martins spelled with a T H M A R T H I N S. You heard it. So I give you permission to go ahead and find out more. I'm sure he will be willing to answer. And of course, I don't know if you want to do business with him too. I give you my please. Support. <laughs> please come through. <laughs> okay, guys, and that's it for today. Without a doubt, this has been educative, enlightening, and entertaining at the same time. So I do hope that you listen and make sure to share with somebody to share with another person. You get it. All right. Yeah. So, so I'll get an notification when this go live, yes? Definitely, you will. I, 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 wish, I need your picture, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you all right. Everyone. Thank you so much, Jessica. Enjoy I, I enjoyed myself here. <laughs> we should do this some other time. I know, right? Get ready. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe now I'm, I'm inspired to start my own podcast. Oh, shame. You've inspired you. me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then. Alright then. Take care then. Bye.